Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. This is the final episode in the series, When Life is Hard and God is Faithful. I'm Susan, and today I'll be talking for 12 with Naomi. Naomi loves computer games, but in this episode, she's going to share a bit more of her life with us. Naomi, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us about your childhood? Yes. So my childhood was a chaotic one. The impacts of sin were very evident, though at the time, I wasn't a Christian, nor was I even aware Jesus was a person. My parents both drank heavily. My dad was also quite aggressive and violent at times. This combined with my mum having an assertive, almost alpha-type personality meant that she didn't accept my dad's behaviour without fighting back, and that meant that it was quite volatile between my parents, and that led to years of domestic violence, among other things. As the eldest of four girls to my mum, it was really on me to look after my siblings when the impact of my parents' relationship overflowed and negatively impacted my sisters. So as a barely 10-year-old kid, I can remember going from room to room, comforting my siblings and heck, even our dog at the time, because he and they were terrified and upset. While I was there for them, no one was there for me. Not long after this, my parents separated as their marriage broke down. My dad moved out and we continued to live with mum. From this point forward, my father was absent from our lives, though I continued to make an effort to maintain a relationship. My sisters did not. While things were calmer in a sense that my parents were no longer fighting, the troubles for me, though, were only just beginning. Wow, that was a big first 10 years of life. I imagine it had a really significant impact on you? Yeah, it really did. As I said, my troubles were only just beginning. As I entered my formative teenage years and later on in life, I began to develop a number of mental health issues. Initially, I just had a very pessimistic and negative view of myself, but over time my view grew to be quite nihilistic. I viewed myself as the ugly duckling of the world. Yeah, like the children's story, Ugly Duckling. I viewed myself as not belonging or fitting in. This was only more strongly affirmed by the fact that I had difficulty making friends through primary school and high school also. As I entered high school, the differences between myself and others were even more pronounced, which only strengthened this view. I began to view myself as broken, defective, wrong, that I was an aberration to the world. And as you can guess, this led to experiencing depression and anxiety. By this stage, I am in my late teens and I'm looking at my final few years of high school. The cumulative pressure and stress of this time pushed me over the edge and the thoughts of self-harm that I'd been having at this point and infrequently had acted on became much, much more pronounced. By the time I reached university, I was quite severely impacted by depression and anxiety, though I had tried hard to deny this to myself. 
And eventually those thoughts of self-harm led to thoughts of suicide. This culminated in two suicide attempts by 2014 and not completing my degree and in fact putting it down for many years, though my story isn't done yet. So that sounds like a really dark time for you. But as you say, your story isn't done yet. Here you are telling us about it. So clearly God's been at work in you. Yeah, he really has been at work in me. When I did pick up my study again, it was within three weeks of me starting to come to church for the first time. But before we get there, I ought to back up a little bit. Be kind, rewind, as they say. Through my life, little moments happened, such as accidentally getting 10 minutes of a scripture lesson when I was supposed to be opted out of scripture. <laughs> seeing a Bible in the school library on the shelf and wanting to read it, to having a couple of dorm mates at uni who were Christian and invited me along to the Christian student group, to even a Christian friend overseas and even Christian neighbours. All these moments continued planting seeds in me. And so at this pivotal moment, just before I started studying again, my friend overseas in the US posted me my first Bible. From discussions my friend and I had had, I asked my neighbour about where I would begin if I wanted to know more, and she responded by inviting me to church. This was December 2018. In February 2019, in fact, exactly February the 10th, I made it to church for the first time. It was like a whole other world to me, despite being late and unsure of where to go. My neighbour found me and brought me in, and I loved it. I felt like this was the right place to be to learn more, so I came back the next Sunday, and the Sunday after that. In fact, I have been almost every Sunday since then with regularity for four straight years. I threw myself into everything I could to learn as much as I could, and I learned like it was no one's business. What really struck me was the contrast between the life before and life at that time and the promises of Jesus. It also made sense out of life for me. I felt like the world would look at itself and it was blind to the horrors of what was happening. And I felt like I could see it and was deeply troubled by it. The first book I ever read in the Bible was Ecclesiastes and it resonated so strongly with me because it acknowledged the sin of the world and the often meaninglessness to it all, yet the author found peace, happiness and life in God, and I wanted that. I knew that, left unchecked, I would eventually try to commit suicide a third time, and I knew I would be successful if I tried. But I also knew at that time I didn't want to die. I just wanted all the pain to stop, and the promises of Jesus were so appealing to me. Verses such as Revelation 21 verse 4, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away, got stuck in my head. By this stage, I had a lot of head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. I think it is quite important and worth noting that at this point, OEC was looking at Romans 1-5 to at this time also. 
Wow. So in all this darkness and all this pain, you were really searching for something, but God was working and he was calling you. At what point did you decide to trust Jesus with your life? It all led to the night before Good Friday 2019. I had badly wanted to believe, but I didn't, and I didn't know how to. But I was advised by Paul to try and start praying, so I did. I prayed, God, I don't know how to believe, but I want to believe. I don't know how, and I don't care what it costs or takes. I want to believe. The very next day at Church 4, I was sitting there, and I was listening to Greg preach on the death and suffering of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And all that head knowledge rushed into my heart, and I began to sob for Jesus and what he went through. But more than that, I felt it in me, a certainty. You know that certainty you have that you know that the sky is blue, or that one plus one equals two? Well, it was that kind of certainty, a certainty that Jesus really lived, really died on the cross and rose again, and that he paid the price for my sin. So after the service, I spoke to Greg and told him I wanted to take the next step. He led me through a prayer of confession, and I don't regret it. Wow, that's a great story, Naomi, a great testimony. And God really rescued you. And he gave you that certainty and turned your life around. So four years on of being a Christian, what does life look like for you now, Naomi? So even now I still struggle with mental health issues and I care for my father alone with all the struggles that that brings. But I went from being hopeless and feeling powerless to having hope and understanding. It wasn't all that's life suck it up princess attitudes that I was surrounded by now. One of the first things I really grasped was how much God loved me and Romans 5 verses 8 and 9 are still favorite verses of mine. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? I commit a lot of different verses to memory. I find it helps me to draw on God's word in tough times. I carry a digital Bible on my phone also so that I can look up God's word wherever I am. I also listen to lots of Christian music, which reminds me of the truths in God's word. This helps me to preach the gospel to myself when I am tempted to doubt and question things. It also helps me to preach the truth about the world to myself when I am tempted to feel powerless and hopeless in the face of the challenges I have in life. And I find it also helps me remind myself of Jesus' promises so that I can look forward and know this isn't all there is. As Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Romans 8 verses 38 and 39, Revelation 21 and 22, Romans 5, Hebrews 10 to 12, the book of Luke, the book of 1 Peter, the book of 1 John. All these books and verses help remind me that I am not alone. 
I am not the first to tread this road, nor will I likely be the last. But if stalwarts of faith have gone before and are now with God, then he was faithful to his word, to his promises. He helped them and he will help me. I still have doubts, fears, struggles and challenges. But when they shake me, God holds on to me and he shows me that he is faithful. He has walked me through many moments where I felt he wasn't real or faithful or could save me. But each time I chose to trust his word. And on the other side, he was there. And each moment has shown me that just as he was faithful to others like Abraham, he is faithful to me also. Thank you for sharing such a moving story with us, Naomi. It really shows God is a faithful God. And I'm sure our listeners join me in hoping and praying that you will grow in your walk with him and find more and more peace and more and more trust in him. Thank you so much. Next on Talk for 12 is a short two-episode series asking the question, what puts a smile on your face? And it will begin with, does God have a sense of humour? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.